Robert Frost once said, two roads diverge in a wood, and I took the one less traveled by. Hmm. So we're beginning a new sermon series at Life <laughs> Fellowship called Anxiety or Joy. Yeah. I'm Britt Nipper sitting in with Pastor Ben Rudolph. We're going to do a few episodes on this new sermon series. The first week will have already happened by yes. the time these episodes yeah, drop. These, but These two episodes will be yeah, after our first... Yeah, but it's just some supplemental material yeah, yeah. to really dig deeper into this this subject in this sermon series. Yeah, there, there's so many things as I've studied this. And if you didn't know this, I, I'm going back to school and getting my... Um, degree in counseling psychology and getting my uh, license as a marriage and family therapist. And so I've, I've gone back to school, studied a lot of, you know, the, the, the psychological world has, has, I've been immersed in, in the last couple of years. And so one of the things I always say is I love the science of psychology. I hate the philosophy of psychology. Mm. And I think you have to understand both of those things to understand that there's, there's a science behind um, you know, neurobiology and, and how our brain works and, and not just our brain, but how our brain works in, alongside our bodies and, and developmental issues. And so there's, there's a science behind it, but there's also this reality that, you know, we are, we're these creations made in God's image and we have a sin issue. And I think, you know, talking about anxiety, talking about the, I love that you started with the Robert Frost. And if you come to church, you'll see those diverging roads. And, and that was a picture of this new series of anxiety or joy. So many people are on the path of anxiety mm. as opposed to joy today. And I think that's why what, what we're showing people is there's this choice that we have to say, what path am I going to be on? And, you know, as I, as I've been studying this, the more I get into it, the more I realize, man, this is a major issue for so many people. And just looking at the recent statistics, I think it's like 19% of people currently struggle with some kind of anxiety issue or disorder. Um, 31% of the adult population will have one of these issues throughout their lifetime. And then if you go to the younger generation, I mean, it's some of the numbers are a little murky, but they range anywhere in between 30% and about over 40%. Wow of young people today that have some level of getting close to half of almost all, all half of young people adolescents struggle with some level of anxiety. And I so don't know if you've dug into the statistics specifically dealing with like 2020 COVID everything. Yeah. Yeah. Did, was there a massive jump in that? Again, I don't know if you've looked into that or not, I, but it's interesting. I know they've had studies, but there's nothing there's, we don't have all those yeah, yet. Hadn't you quite know, seen it yet. In, fa in fact, a lot of times when you're looking at statistics, it's amazing how many times the last thing something was studied was like early 2000s. And so, mm. you know, we're years away from having really up-to-date levels. So those numbers could be... They could be way higher. <laughs> yeah, 25, 30% um, higher, if but not more. I think anecdotally, I think all of us could say in talking to our friends, our neighbors, even our children, there is this sense that things feel higher mm -hmm. or maybe there's more sensitivity to this. And so... Yeah, this this has become an issue, and so as I was preparing this this um, past year to be uh, to speak at this camp this summer up at Lake Ann, and I thought, okay, what am I what am I going to talk to these teenagers about? And I had four sessions with them, and I just thought, you know, God was just laying in my heart talking about anxiety, but but not in a purely mental health area. But what does the Bible say about this? Yeah. Because I think as Christians, one of the great benefits we have is we have a foundation, we have a um, we we have a worldview to rest upon to say, okay, help me to see what's going on here through the lens of the lordship of Jesus Christ, the power of God, 
the resurrection of Jesus, the, the, the faithfulness of his revelation in his word, we have this concrete you know, land to, st- to stand on. And so we don't have to go through life being pushed to and fro by the, the waves of just what's going on. You know, we're not just purely um, cells in a body that, that are reacting to synapses in our brain and the circumstances around us. There's a much bigger picture that we've got to step back and say, okay, what's really happening here? So to me, I became burdened with this when I realized there's a lot of people struggling with this. Mm. And then I also, in, in my studies, just reading more about it, saying this is a major issue. This is anxiety disorders is the number one reason why people seek mental health help, a professional help. So we know this is what's driving so many people to get mental health, professional help. So to me, it just felt like, okay, what does the word of God say about it? And what should the church be doing to help people that have these kinds of disorders? Because, um, and I even hate to use the word disorders because it sometimes feels like we put labels on people and saying, this is what you have. And therefore that's their identity as opposed to, no, that's not a just because the world says here's a label doesn't mean that's who you always are. And I, and we'll we'll talk about that a little bit about that later. So but I just felt this burden to say I want to know about this. And the more I studied it, the more I, re- I researched that just the statistics, the the science behind it, but also the word of God, I came away saying I don't think a lot of people really have the sense of what's really happening to me. I want to know what this is and what does what does God say about this? And so this is what's driving me to to want to have this conversation. And to do this series and I think the word or in the title yeah, of the sermon yeah. series is very important because mm-hmm. it's not you're not just talking about anxiety and joy. Yeah. You're you're saying there is a choice. And I know you talked about the two paths like yeah. we do have that choice and I think a lot of times as believers and I'm very guilty of it mm-hmm. is I have faith in God. I have yeah. I believe in God. I have faith. I have faith. I have faith yeah. until that one moment where I don't have <laughs> faith. And I think a lot of anxious people feel that way. You get yeah. you get this anxiety and you don't stop to mm. turn to God and really rest in that. You just stay anxious. And then maybe at the last moment, some people are like, oh, I should pray about this. Or maybe I should, (laughs) maybe I should read my, or maybe I should seek God, or maybe I should seek some counseling. You know, I think, I don't think people ever get to that point. Some people don't. No. And so let, let me start off, not start off. We've already been going for about five (laughs) minutes here, but let me ask you a question because this is the question I had to answer. This is the first question I had to answer in this entire study. Is anxiety a mental health issue or is it a spiritual issue? What do you think? (laughs) My my gut and Southern Baptist raising wants to say spiritual issue. <laughs> What's the Sunday school answer? Jesus, the Bible, Jesus, sin, God. That's my kids' answer every week. Of what did you learn today? <laughs> Jesus, God, God, Jesus. Jesus. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I, there is something. There is a truth about resting in God and yeah, and yeah. taking time to meditate and taking time to, mm-hmm. you know, excuse yourself from the world around you to just mm-hmm. take time in solitude. Yeah. And that to, that is a spiritual yeah, yeah, issue. Yeah. Well. Well. Okay. So before I answer it, um, well, one thing we know it definitely is a spiritual issue. Okay. Because the Bible. I mean, Jesus, Peter, and Paul. The 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 trifecta of the yeah. of the the, the great. Lead, I mean, obviously Jesus. But you know, you have Paul who writes most of the scripture. You have Peter, one of the great leaders of the apostles. They all talk about anxiety, at least at one point. Mm-hmm. Okay. And um, so obviously. What that tells us is this is a very real problem that people deal with. Mm-hmm. I'm glad that Jesus talked about it. I'm glad that Paul mentions it. I'm glad that Peter mentions it because 
what that means is, okay, if I'm struggling with anxiety and or worry, you know, we use anxiety now because it's more of a clinical term, yeah. you know, 20, 25 years ago was worrying, you know, I struggle with worry and, um, but it's all under the same umbrella. And, and so I think that when I, when I think about answering that question, we know it's a spiritual thing, but I also believe it's a mental, I think it's yes, it's yes to both. Mm-hmm. It's just a matter of what percentages of this issue is, where does it fall on this spectrum of how much is it spiritual and how much of it is it mental health? And of course, everything's spiritual, but you know what I'm saying? So for example, let, give, let me give you two examples of, in my personal life, of where this probably, if you're going to talk about anxiety being both a mental health issue and a spiritual issue, where does this fall along the spectrum? Okay. So for example, my son, I can't remember if I've mentioned this in this podcast before. My son about two years ago was over at a friend's house. Um, his friend's chickens got out and they're like, oh, come help me get my chickens. And so they were in the neighbor's yard. Well, their neighbor had two very vicious dogs mm-hmm. that were that were friendly to this to the boy, but attacked my son. And thankfully, because my son was fast, athletic, he was able to get away into with adrenaline, literally jump over a six foot high fence. I mean, it was wow. just like maybe it was six, six foot, but it was it was pretty high. But it was like he probably would have said it's twelve. His, foot, his, right? his shorts got ripped up. He got bit on a lot of different places. Um, it was a very very traumatic mm. experience for for my son. It was a traumatic for my wife because she was watching this. Oh wow! And um, so and and I remember. I'm not sure if you've ever seen someone in shock. Okay, but I went later to go pick up my son because my wife was doing stuff with with some other people there, and she's like, "You need to come get Sage right now." So I remember driving home, picking him up, and um, I mean, just sheet of white. Like, if you've ever seen one in shock, it was him. He was in yeah. he was in shock yeah. for about four to five hours, and my son has always been. He was always such a amazing. He was just this amazing person with animals, pets. We have our own dog. Um, and I can tell you from that moment of that traumatic experience, when he is around a large dog, now it could be the the nicest, friendliest, you know, dog in the world. But if it's over a certain like, you know, Chihuahua size, <laughs> he he immediately starts having a traumatic, triggered response like a of physical reaction. Physical yeah. reaction, like yeah. I can't be in the same area of this animal. Yeah, and it's sad because that's what trauma does. Trauma does brings you know this fear and anxiety sometimes it's irrational sometimes it's it is rational but um so let me ask you this question is my son's anxiety being around large animals now or large large dogs is that a mental health issue or is that a spiritual issue it's a mental health issue yeah but primarily it is yeah. now now, yeah. now the spiritual part comes into this idea of can can god help me change my you know, change my thinking in this area, right? Like that's that's a, yeah. So in some ways, the process of him overcoming the mental health, and and we'll we'll spend an episode going into what's going on in the brain yeah. when anxiety hits, because I think you need to know the science behind the activity in the brain. And that's what I was going to ask just now. That it's clearly a trigger that happens. Like we got rear-ended several years ago, and for a, probably a year after that, every time I put my foot on the brake, I instantly looked in my rearview mirror. Yes. No matter yes. who was around, it just yes. it, it was just so natural. Yes. Like, am I about to get hit again? Because, am I about to get hit again? So, because there's an imprint on your brain when you experience trauma like that, you, th- it's like there's this impression on your brain that 
and, and people can see it. I mean, you they can do the scans on your brain and they can see the brain activity mm. when you're feeling fear and anxiety compared to when you're not. And there are things where it's, okay, so the way trauma works is this. If you and I were to walk outside right now of the church and there was two big grizzly bears just out there and, and, and we saw it, what would you and I do? I'd probably turn around and come we, back we, in. We, <laughs> we would turn around and we would not just walk, we would run back in yeah. and we would call, you know, our initial, why, why would we do that? Because in our in our minds, we would, our brains, we would see a, something of danger and say, I got to get out of here. Mm-hmm. What trauma does is it puts you through an experience, whether it's a big T trauma and big T trauma, what they call that in the therapeutic world is when your life is in danger. Okay. Th- that's big T trauma. Um, little T trauma are those little, little kind of like knife cut wounds when, you know, whether, whether it's betrayal, whether it's someone, um, you know, says something to you that's harmful. There's a lot of different varieties of, of little T trauma that people can get through. But what happens is, for, for example, let's just say someone's in a, um, in a, someone's in a classroom and it's, let's, talk, let's think about it like a young person and they are, um, you know, maybe they're Hispanic. They've got a Hispanic background, and they've lived their entire life in the United States. But they have an accent, and they—they're in a new school. They raise their hand to talk, and they say something with some level of an accent. And someone in the in the classroom says something like, "Well, where are you from?" Mm. Okay, right there is something where all of a sudden, what's going to happen to that kid? They're self conscious. They're, that they're point. now now going to be careful how they speak. Yeah. They're going to be careful what they say. They're not going to be who they are. What trauma does is when, if we were to go outside and see a bear, we'd be like, oh, danger. I got to get out of here. Trauma creates the bear in front of us when our experiences tell us there's, so for example, you pressing on the brake, your brain remembered there's a bear when you do that. Mm. When my son's now around a large animal, a large dog, his brain is telling him there's, that's a large bear. That's da- that, like yeah. that's danger. You can't trust that situation. Okay, so when we're asked, go ahead. Oh no, I was going to say, I'm I'm curious. Like, so he has that reaction when he's around a dog. Yeah, but he doesn't constantly sit and focus on that. Correct. No, correct. So when I when we got rear-ended, only when I pushed on the brake did I think about it. Mm-hmm. So it feels like, and I love the the dividing line and the thought process between between it being mental or spiritual. Mm-hmm. It feels like that line would get blurred. Like it's mental when you're in the situation again, mm-hmm. like the dog's near you right, or putting on right, a break. Right. It feels like it would be spiritual if I stayed up all night worrying I was going to get rear-ended again. Yes. Or if he sat in the house and couldn't do his homework because yeah. he's afraid a dog yeah, is going to come right, in the room. Right. That to me feels like now we've crossed the line of mental into spiritual. That's yes. where the spiritual could totally. take over. hundred percent. Is that because, correct? Yes, because now what we're getting into is I can't trust God to take care of me mm. in the mundane. And, and, I will, we're recording this before I preach my first sermon on this, but the definition that, that I, I kind of came up with this, I've come up with this own def, my own definition of anxiety. And that is carrying something you cannot control, carrying something you cannot control. And when you are part of anxiety is, is really rooted in this idea of that you cannot control the outcomes of your life. There are certain outcomes you cannot control. Well, obviously, because of our experiences in life and trauma, and the, it's natural to have those mental 
health issues. Mm-hmm. And and what's what's good now because of uh, the advancement of science and uh, neuro health, there there are a lot of different ways that you can help people overcome trauma. Okay, it's been proven that people can overcome trauma. It takes a lot of work, but yeah, yeah you can do that. So there would be something that um, obviously my son could do to help him feel comfortable feel comfortable around large animals again. Okay. But it would take work. Mm-hmm. A lot of times people think like, well, that happened five years ago. It doesn't matter yeah. if it happened five years ago. You experience trauma. It's just like it happened yesterday. Because all you got to do is be risk, put yourself in a situation where you where that happened mm-hmm. and your brain remembers, oh, no, no, that's, this is dangerous. It doesn't matter. For, well, that was five years ago. What's the big deal? So the good thing is we have now, we because we've studied the brain so long, we now know things that we can do to help people overcome that. I say all that to say, that's great. That's wonderful. But I think the danger comes now where anxiety is only a mental health issue. Mm. And that is just as dangerous as um, saying to someone, you know, I think the, we'll just pray about it, has been abused in so many people. <laughs> yes. Now, now, can my son get over the trauma for, through prayer? Absolutely. I'm not trying to minimize that. But I also think that there are, just like you would tell someone who had a broken leg, we'll just pray about it, right? Now, could God in his wisdom and his power heal that broken leg without you going to a doctor at all? Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Yeah. But we also have medical science that, in, that's advanced to say, we know how to treat a, a broken leg to help set it again, to make sure that it you know, it, it doesn't grow in, in the wrong way. We know if we need to put pins and things in like that. And we would never expect anybody to just say, we'll just pray about it. Well, just like that, there are there are treatments people can do with their thoughts and their mind and their brain to help them overcome some of these things. And so I don't think we should minimize yeah. that either. So so I think that the danger we get into for a lot of people is um, we only make anxiety a or, or worry a spiritual issue or we only make it mm-hmm. a mental health issue. And you've got to understand on that spectrum of how much of it, when does it really become a majority mental health issue that we can do do things to help heal that or how much of it is just purely spiritual issue. So like, you know, there was a time, man, we're running, this is going really <laughs> it's fast. It's flying by. I was driving, and I'm not sure if I'll use this illustration on Sunday, but I may, I might. But a couple months ago, my wife and I were in Boone and we were driving down the road or, or we always go do our certain things and do to do in Boone. It's like one of our fun day trip things we do. And so we hit our bakery, we hit the mass general store. and All then great spots. And then we were yeah. going to Moses Cone to do some hiking. And so there's this back road from mass general store over the mountain to, to Moses Cone. And when I could have taken the long way, which is, you know, nice roads, but going the switchbacks and the twists and the curves, I was driving that and there's this truck behind me, behind me going fast, a truck. I mean, the roads are super narrow. (laughs) They're super windy. And I remember in the middle of feeling like I'm about, the world is closing in on me. And I started almost having a panic attack. Like I don't feel comfortable driving right now. And so in that moment, was it spiritual or was it mental health? Yeah, right, all mental at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but you were probably praying. Yeah, I was praying. <laughs> and I think in those moments, you're kind of like, okay, am I able, going back to that word or, in that moment, I think the beautiful thing that the Word of God teaches us is there's this command that 
Jesus gives, that Paul gives, do not be anxious. All right? That's an imperative. Mm -hmm. Rejoice in the Lord. That's an imperative. Cast your anxieties upon the Lord, for he cares for you, 1 Peter 5. These are commands. They're imperatives, which this is so fundamental to my entire approach to this issue is if God tells us, if God commands us to do anything, that tells me it has to be possible. Fundamentally, when we come up against something in our life that we feel like is insurmountable or like it's out of our control, what God wants to remind us of is through him, there is a power and there is an ability to say, I don't need to feel this way. I don't need to let this control me. Yeah, anxiety is carrying something that you can't control. And a lot of times we let that feeling control us. And what we need to understand is there is some solution. I don't care what level anxiety you see. You might have severe anxiety where um, there, there you've got major issues. And again, everyone has different scales on, mm-hmm. on the anxiety spectrum. But what I would say is if you're a follower of Jesus, it might take years, okay? But there, there I believe there is a way for God to bring healing and wholeness to your life. Mm. I just, I fundamentally believe that if God says, you don't have to worry and you don't have to be anxious, then we've got to at some level believe that that is possible for us in Christ. And so is it a mental health? Is it spiritual? Yes. But the, the good news is God tells us that we have power to do something about it. Yeah. So- we're out of time. That flew by. <laughs> it really um, flew by. As we were sitting here talking, I was just thinking, it kind of feels like the mental gets you into anxiety and the yeah. spiritual is going to get you out of it. Oh, yeah. 100%. Yeah. So it, I'm anxious with the time flying by <laughs> today. Um, this is a great topic. Again, as as the stats showed earlier on, the, a lot of people, just under half of yeah. uh, a lot of younger kids, and I'm sure a lot more than... You know, the stats can only do what people are actually willing to say and admit. So you know that there's way more people than that that Uh that are struggling with anxiety, Mm. and there is a way out of that. And so we're going to talk about that more in the upcoming episodes Mm. uh, and throughout the whole sermon series as well. So uh, be sure to make sure you catch those uh, episodes of Life Talks, and also make sure you don't miss a sermon. Be here on Sunday morning. If you're not, you can always watch those on uh, YouTube as well, Life Fellowship Charlotte on YouTube. So uh, that does it for this episode of Life Talks. We'll catch you next time. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well, so leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed. Life Talks is a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.